Welcome, everyone, to the Wild Wealth Throwdown, Episode 6, presented by White's Auto Sales. Give them a check out up in Austin, Indiana, my friend Brandon White and the gang. So now we will welcome in my co-host here on the Wild Wealth Throwdown, Mr. Hawk Carroll Adams. Hawk, here we are again going through the month of May and still, still dealing with Mother Nature. Yep, same old story, isn't it? So, uh... We'll just uh, try to keep on dealing with it. We've been seeing some racing, though. Uh, you know, we've been having to travel a little bit, but uh, we're still getting our racing in. Yeah, it's kind of sporadic, you know, you and I. Anytime we get rained out, we kind of go travel other places. If they are racing, we'll even, we've will even we even went to Tennessee, Ohio before. We uh, kind of spread out a little bit, but uh, big show today. On today's show, we're going to discuss, uh, discuss some of the uh, results from around the area from last weekend. Wasn't really much uh, because of Mother Nature, but uh, this week we'll discuss the topic of the week, which you chose this week, so that will be fun. Speak to our special guest, Mr. Grant Simpson, super stock driver in the area, and preview some of the upcoming events this weekend, Mother Nature pending, of course. But first, let's get to the topic of the week, Hawk, and you chose it. What do we have, my friend? Yeah, thank you for uh, allowing me to... Uh, do a little bit of a topic of the week every now and then. So uh, this week, uh, I figure, uh, you know, we talked a lot about different things and everything, so, but there's still a lot of things out there to discuss. So how about this one? We, we talk about us going to different places and everything. We check things out. Uh, a lot of people will have an opinion on this, but, uh, like, basically, when you go to a track, where is your favorite place to view the races? I know a lot of people like to go to front side, back side, hits, lower, higher, turn one, turn four, you know, all that stuff. So everybody seems to have their favorite area. So what do you think, Will? What's your favorite? Well, you know, that's a good one. Uh, you know, my thing is variations, you know, so different tracks have different places to sit. For example, Anderson, my favorite place is the high rise. Yep, um, you liked that a lot, didn't you? <laughs> I did, you know. All the way to the top, by the way. All the way to the top. I've got a little queasy going up those steps, but uh, people don't realize how tall those high-rise are unless you are on them. You tell me high-rise. When I looked over there, I was like, yeah, that ain't that high. But when you get up there, you really see the track from afar. So my thing is you see different places, uh, different uh, areas of the track from different places. Like at Sportstrom, you know, I've sat in the fr press box for three years. Obviously, uh, you know, I like the front stretch. Uh, even when I was a fan there, I, I chose the front stretch. So, uh, let's see. Indianapolis Speedrome, again, front stretch. Uh, now, Indianapolis Speedrome, you got to be careful because if you set two down in the middle, you'll get the flag stand of the oval in your way of the crossover. Um, so, that's different as well. Let me think of other tracks here. Florence, you know, there's it's the front stretch. I'm trying to think of something good. Um. But to me, the front stretch up high uh, would be my place to sit against the fence with the back kind of, you know. A lot of tracks you go to now have the seat backs. Um, so my thing is the uh, front stretch. Now, it, it, as a fan, I, I did set at Sports Show on the back stretch a little bit. I didn't mind that as much. It's kind of a different little view of it all. A lot of action tends to happen on the back straightaway. And a lot of people will judge their seats by where the action happens at. So uh, a lot of people at dirt tracks, you'll see like turn one and two. You know, they take the green flag. The first place they hit two by two is turn one and two. So that's another uh, place that you can. But what about you, Hawk? Where, where, where do you uh, prefer to sit? Well, I guess, you know, I think it's probably something with a lot of people, too, is, you know, kind of as a kid, maybe, if they went all the time with their parents, where they sat them at, and you kind of get used to that spot. And so, like, believe it or not, when I was at a, as a kid going to sports drone with my uh, mom and dad, we sat in uh, the front stretch uh, most of the way up uh, between the flag stand and turn one. And that is still where I like to watch the races whenever I go there, uh, if I'm not working, which is like never. But uh, <laughs> I'm always doing something there nowadays. Sure. But, yeah, uh, that has uh, just always been my favorite spot. As far as, like, backstretch, I always have hated to watch a race from the backstretch. No matter – I think a lot of that is because of the figure eight. Yeah, at Sportstrom or anywhere, you know, I got used. I like the the configuration of the figure eight going the correct way, coming at you, if you will, and I don't like that effect of them going away from you. 
And I think that had a lot to do with it too. Yeah. And as far as watching it from the end zones, if you will, the turns, uh, you know, it's great when, like, as you said, if some things happen in front of you, but if something happens on the other end, you're kind of, kind of have to squint your eyes a little bit sometimes and you kind of don't see what happens there. So I feel like you're missing some of the action when you're on one end compared to the other. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, you talk about that and, um, uh, different tracks have different settings, you know. Um, so that that is a good question. Uh, I, I would say really the top against the fence on the front stretch would be my favorite. Now, we all know what my favorite is, the press box, right? So <laughs> yeah. I, I love sitting in the press box doing what I do best, and that's calling a race. And, and, and let me tell you, I'll say it over and over again. I am a fan sitting there. Um, th- that's how I look at my job. Um, I, I'll say this 20 times over again. It just reminds me of growing up my father, and I would get excited and start calling races to him because I was like, oh, here we go, over there, over there, you know. And, um, you know, that press box uh, is, is my seat as a fan. I will say that because all I'm doing is expressing my excitement uh, to the great fans out there that are basically sitting right next to me. And uh, that that's my favorite place to sit at a racetrack, of course, uh, is the press box. And uh, I, I know you as a photographer – you have your different places you like to sit as well. And, uh, you know, you've been very up close to the action, if you will, a little too close at times. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a little bit different. You know, like say, uh, you was talking about different tracks, uh, different variations. And so it's the same way as a photographer, you know. Certain tracks are good for certain areas that may be not good as at another track, uh, just a lot of it depends on the configuration. The lighting has a lot to do with it. You know, all those things factor in. But, yeah, uh, it was great. Like, as an example, me and you went to the speed drone this past week, and uh, we just went up there as fans. I didn't take pictures, and we didn't do anything, but we enjoyed the action. And every once in a while, it's really good to do that. Yeah, no no doubt. And uh, it, it was a great night of action. We'll get to all that here shortly. But, uh, man, I am proud of you. That was a very good topic of the week. Yeah, thanks a lot. Had a lot of good discussion there. I'm sure if uh, everybody's listening in, I'm sure they're all thinking about their favorite spots and uh, at each track as well. Well, you know, it's also fun, and I'll allude to this. Um, when we go, and we don't think about this much. We really don't, you and I. I don't. I don't think we do, and I don't think a lot of people other uh, other people do either. Is there are certain spots that the same fans set in every every week. Uh, you go to a racetrack, and they have their certain spot, and that is their spot. Uh, so that's pretty funny that you brought that up because I can think of 100,000 people in my head right now, and I can actually, if if I if they're missing in that spot, I know they're gone. So yep. so it's pretty, pretty interesting that we do have our own spots. Yeah, like you say, if you think about someone, you can actually picture them in their spot at that track. So it's pretty cool. Well, good job. We'll flip-flop each and every week. I'll pick one next week. You'll pick the next. And I think it's very fun that we do the topic of the week. But now, let's shoot into some results over the past weekend. Up where I was, of course, the Circle City Raceway, we had a very, very uh, night, long night into the morning of racing at the Circle City Raceway. Now, the reason being, we rained out the previous week. We wanted to give all the racers a chance to race for double points. So we added an extra division. Uh, time we got done with hot lap qualifying and gave people an extra chance to get there being a Friday night. We finished around 1 or one thirty in the morning, but that's okay because it was great. And when I say great, the heat races, the features, the track conditions, three-groove racetrack, it was great. We had the Hadley Towing and Recovery Crate Late Models that was picked up by Tyler Neal in the number 20 machine, the Share Code Group UMP Modifieds, Dylan Woodling, and the 3W picked up those wins. Great 410 steel block sprint car race. They had over 20 on hand. Aiden Salisbury picked up the win. Super Stocks, Blake Holm, the number 23. And the Pure Stocks, Mickey Hines, picked up the win. And the Ford Crown Vicks, Christopher Hahn, and the 86H picked up the win. And I know, Hawk, you've been wanting to go up to Circle City, hopefully on the May 19th show, which, oh, we're getting so close to. That's a huge night of action. You can make it up there. Yeah, I've got it circled on my calendar, so hopefully everything will work out, and I'll see you up there. Absolutely. Uh, but then, of course, we went to the Indianapolis Speedrome this past Saturday night. Everything else kind of got canceled and washed. Um, and then, of course, down here was the Kentucky Derby, which, you know, every year you and I, uh, we kind of go other places on that day. 
the Indianapolis Speedrome, Jeffrey Shackelford, and the number 28 clinched the Browns Oil Service Late Model Figure 8. And what a battle. We'll get back to that here in a second. He had with Doug Gregg. Shelbyville Auto Parts, Toby Eads Memorial, picked up a Casey victory, and that was a wild one, Hawk. Uh, yeah, I think you got a nice picture there. I thought I was the photographer, but uh, you did pretty good on that one. <laughs> Let me tell you. And let's stop and pause on that because there's a lot of people uh, on social media that want to talk about this and that and other, but uh, even the driver of Gonder, he kind of put it out there. He was the driver of the number three street stop that was uh, pictured in my picture that I posted on my personal page that was up on top. It was a racing deal. Uh, and it, I'm glad he put that out there because a lot of people like to talk about other things. This this may be a topic of discussion for our topic of the week one day, but uh, talking about race receivers and whatnot. But uh, that's a, another story for another day. We could spend two hours on that alone. But it was a racing deal. Let's talk about that. Uh, uh, street stocks and being a small track like Speedrome, there was no warning sign. One of the car popped. Something in the engine went dead. Um, and then oil or fluid, antifreeze. I don't know what it was exactly, but it was fluid. There, There's nothing the race receiver was going to do. By the time you would say, hey, guys, he just blew, there was three, four cars already on the front stretch, wide open, and they just hit the oil, and, and they just went into the turn one and two wall, and that's exactly what Gonder said uh, on his social media page. So there was just nothing, Hawk, and we've seen this time after time after time. Something detonates. Uh, there's no slowing down, especially the size of a track of speed drone. Yeah, I mean, uh, we was there, like I said, we seen it. And uh, I never once thought that, you know, hey, the race receivers would have helped here because it was a deal where there was just nothing you could do. I mean, it was kind of deceptive, too, where I really couldn't – you really couldn't see the fluid on the yeah. track there. I don't know if it was because of the lighting and, the you know, the way the darkness as it was because those cars came in there and slid, and I was like, oh, my, there must be fluid there. You know, you really couldn't see it. Uh-uh. So I don't think anybody really knew going into that, so I don't think the race receivers – really would have helped any at all there. No, I don't. And great job of the Speedrome uh, cleanup crew, safety crew, track crew. They got that car uh, mess uh, kind of cleaned up in a timely manner. But uh, great night, 10.09, they were done at Speedrome. And a uh, very impressive show. But the rest of the night, uh, three features in the junior fast cards, Colin Dickey, Chris Britton Jr., and Zakiah Hathaway picked up the wins there in those three features. The mini late model oval, Brad Brooks, mini late model figure eight, Xavier King, and back to Jeffrey Shackle for picking up that win. You know what? That was a great race. You have to use your bumper at Speed Drum there. That was kind of a controversial ending. But, uh, you know, Jeffrey Shackleford, he didn't give up. He started near the back, and he shot up through that field. He has been strong all season long. Picking up where he left off from last season, uh, I mean, the veteran, Doug Gregg, you couldn't say a good enough about him. Uh, he, he defended that spot as much as possible, but then Jeffrey just picked up the pressure there. Yeah, Jeffrey was like, he, he looked like he was on a mission. You know, he started way in the back, and, and I know they had a restart, I think, there somewhere, and he was way up towards the front. I was like, wow, how did he get up there? You know, I didn't really notice how he did it, but uh, he's picking them off. And then he even said afterwards, you know, it's a 50-lap race. He started in the back. It was a 24-car field which was awesome. And then uh, he said, you know, you have to work your way up there quick. You know, you don't have time to be fooling around. And, uh, you know, he's not a dirty driver, he says, but, you know, you got to use the bumper every once in a while, yep. get a little aggressive. And I thought, I'd tell you what, he really drove the wheels off that thing. It was an awesome race. Oh, <laughs> uh, you and I, we about cracked up. After the race was over, this fan was down there. And I'm oh, not, yeah. not going to say what Jeffrey said, but – the yeah, guys, Jeffrey heard him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was quiet, too. The guy was getting Jeffrey's attention, and Jeffrey, if he hears this, crack him up. But uh, it was quiet, and uh, he said, Jeffrey, you had something about, you You know, you had to work your move everybody with your bumper or whatever. And uh, Jeffrey was like, yeah, beep, 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 beep. I'm not going to say the beep, beep, beep words, but uh, it was quiet. I love that. It, it's the motion that makes our sport great. And – I'll never forget that night, and that was great. I mean, you got to have a little bit of controversy, right? Oh, yes, and, uh, you know, outlaw figure eights, late model figure eights, whatever you want to call them. I mean, those guys are intense anyway. You put 24 of them out there on that little speed drone figure oh, eight, yeah. and uh, things are going to happen. It's a lot of fun. I thought we were wrestling for a minute. 
<laughs> Same thing. <isn't> it? <laughs> but anyways, up at the Painesville Speedway, um, buddy Randy Maggio and the family up there. Can't wait to go up there. I think you and I are going to try to go up there July the 8th uh, for the Buckeye Figure 8 National. Third annual. Amazing. And we'll talk about that once we get closer. But they had the old school figure eight. Uh, the 86F of Alan Filkins Jr. picked up the win. Figure eight Iron Man, 67 of Stephen Sandley picked up the win. Warrior, 68 Melvin Martin. Braden Simenez in the number eight. Rising Stars picked up the win. Street Stocks belonged to Rodney Reynolds in the number 40. Charger Zach Myers. Then, of course, same owners over a little bit west. Lorraine Raceway Park on Sunday afternoon. Pure Stocks, Richard DeWitt Jr., Chargers 47, Eric Johnson. CRS trucks were in action. Jeff Fade Jr., the Ace Racing League, Sean Bubsy. Outlaw Sprint, Sawyer Stout, and the Modifieds was picked up by the number 37 of Spencer Stein. Looking down here a little bit, Brownstown Speedway, the Pewter Hall Super Stocks was in action. Austin Perry picked up the win. The All-in-One Pulls Pure Stocks, Paul Ortman. P3 Graphics Crate Late Models, Jordan Weaver. He was at the uh, Circle City on Friday, had a good showing. The Haymaker Custom Hornets, Jeremy Shimwell, and the Flag to Flag Media Crown Vicks, which you and I actually watched, Aaron C. Want to give him a shout-out. You and I, we kind of just put our phone up on the dash a little bit. And, uh, of course, Dirt 2 Media, great coverage, the one who uh, produces the Wildwell Throwdown. We saw that victory. Yeah, those Crown Vicks, I mean, they're always fun to watch. No matter, seems like wherever they're at, especially around in our area, they always put on a great show, and they did there again. Now, Harold Adams, we're going to go way up west, the northwest, and that is the Evergreen Speedway. Of course, Jillian Lepedo was on last week. She competed up there as well. Interesting names. You and I were talking about this, and uh, the divisions, you know, the divisions are different, but they're also similar. You were asking me how they have three front-wheel drive classes. Well, they had the Buzz-In Stingers, the BECU Mini Stocks, and the Interstate Batteries Hornets. Don't ask me what they were or how they're modified or how they're different, but the number 57 of Michaela Larson picked up the buzz-in stingers, the BECU mini stocks, Jimmy Abshire, uh, number 26, Frank's Radio Outlaw figure eight, 676 of Ricky Dietz. Can't wait to see him back out um, in California this year. The Interstate Batteries Hornets, Calvin Miller's number 49. Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Car Series was at the Florence Speedway where Ricky Thornton Jr. picked up the win. Ponderosa on Friday night where Mark Marler picked up the win in the 157. Uh, so a lot of good racing. But uh, Harold Adams, we're going to have to make it up here to the Evergreen one day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to go up in that area anyway. You know, that's up near Seattle. So, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. Well, let's not talk about that now. <laughs> Slow down. Hey, the Kraken's doing really good. Got to give a shout-out to the NHL. It's the playoffs now. I like hockey. You like hockey. A lot of people, it's not their thing. But uh, Seattle Kraken, that fairly new, um, you know, team up in Seattle, they're really showing this year. Yeah, my Blues are out of the playoffs. So I uh, kind of taken a liking to the Kraken a little bit, the second-year team. And uh, they're doing really well. And uh, the fan base up there, all those Seahawks fans are enjoying a little bit of hockey. No doubt about it. Well, that's going to do it for the results from this past weekend. Coming up next, we'll have our special guest today, Mr. Grant Simpson, the driver of the number 96 and 98 Superstock machine. Coming up next here on the Wild Will Throwdown. And welcome, everyone, back to the Wild Will Throwdown, episode six on the hotline today. We have the driver of the number 96 and 98. Yes, two numbers. We'll get to that a little bit later of the Superstock machine, Mr. Grant Simpson. Grant. Thank you so much for joining me today, my man, and uh, hope all is well. Yeah, man. Uh, glad to uh, get on here with you. I know we've talked about a few times over the winter, so excited to get on here and chat with you a little bit and get my name out there. Absolutely, Grant, and uh, already quite a bit of following for you. And, uh, of course, moving up the Superstock ranks, uh, everyone knows that Grant Simpson name around the area. But uh, first, we'll start off like we do all the time here on the Wild Bill Throwdown, how you got started in racing and now got up to this point, my man. Uh, actually, you know, it, as many people know, who my grandfather is Kenny Simpson. Um, you know, he's in the Brownstown and uh, National Late Model Hall of Fame. So it all started with him, and um, he died in um, '84, so I never got to meet him. So then it passed on to my dad, and he raced a little bit, and then he took some time off. And then um, actually, my brother was the first one to race out of us. And I was younger, and he was in middle school, and we raced mini sprints. And I got to do some test laps in it one night, and 
you know, had some fun with it. And then a couple more years down the road, my dad texted me. Uh, I was in school, and, you know, you're not supposed to have your phones in school, but I just happened to look at mine. So <laughs> he uh, he texted me. He's like, hey, how, how would you want to go run a Kenya midget? And I was like, didn't know what it was, never even heard of it. I've heard of midgets before, you know, USAC and all that. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, well, Mel Kenyon and Don Kenyon, they build them. Uh-huh. And they they run on asphalt and dirt. And they're the same chassis, same engine, just a uh, 1250cc Yamaha engine. And I was like, sure, why not? So we go and get it. And I started in that running um, the Indianapolis Speedrome, Anderson Speedway, uh, US 24 Speedway, which is dirt. Mm-hmm. So I really started on the pavement side because they were racing more pavement than dirt. So we started in that and then um, ran that for two or three years. And a good deal came our way to purchase a USAC Silver Crown car from Larry Contos, which is who Shane Collard drove for and many other people. So we bought that car, um, ended up, right, was able to park it into the RW Motorsports USAC team. They helped us a lot on that. Um, Evan and Craig in there and Steve Wyrick, the owner, helps us a lot. And um, we actually only got one run one race in that before our engine blew up out of Belleville, which sucked. And then it just kind of went to the wayside and then took about probably four or five year break. And I didn't go to a race probably in four to five years. Wow. Came back with, came back with my buddy to Brownstown to the, I believe, the Hall of Fame Classic. In 20, uh, 2020, I believe. And um, they asked me if I missed it. And I was like, yeah, I do a little bit. You know, you kind of get that bug back if you've been there for a while. And I texted my dad about a week later, two weeks. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And I was talking about Super Stocks. And he's like, well, where are you going to keep it? Where are you going to do this? All it, all. I was like, well, I was hoping you keep it at your place. <laughs> I said, I didn't have a place or a trailer or anything. So two weeks after that, we bought a car um, off the trash teams and raced it twice that year. And then, um, yeah, we ran 2021, we ran 2022, and now we're into 2023 with it. So that That's impressive because, you know, again, the reason I like these podcasts because I, I learned things too and uh, didn't know you did the Kenya Midget deal, and that that's pretty cool. Uh, I actually saw the other day they had a pretty decent car count and kind of died off there for a while, and it was like 17 and 24, but, like, I didn't know you raced at Anderson Speed Drum, so that's pretty cool to me. Did yep. not know that about you. So uh, now that that takes me into this this now in time. So super stocks, uh, and we'll get into the specs here shortly, but, uh, you know, you and I talked about this before we started the podcast because on your profile, some of it had 96 on your super stock, some had the 98. So tell our listeners exactly the difference between 96 being your main car, you told me, and then 98 now. How did that deal happen? Yeah, so every every time I've raced, I've always had the number 96. Uh, that's what my Pablo's number was, mainly. When he ran late models, he had some other numbers, but I liked 96, so we that's what we went with. And then um, we have some you know really good sponsors, as we talked about, we'll get into later, but one of our sponsors, one of our big sponsors, primary sponsors, um, they ran in the USAC division as well. And she lost her husband, so she didn't race for a little bit. And she got back into it with us. And we got to talking, and she really wanted another another number 98, which is what their car number was. Okay. Out on the dirt track. No matter what it was, she just, you know, loved seeing that number. Because, you know, reminder of her, her late husband and all the memories. Well, sure. Absolutely. So we came across. After the 20, 2021 season, we, you know, tore down our one car that we had, which was 96. Um, like I said, that's my main number. And we all tore it down. We were all in here sitting, started finding a couple things with it. And we're like, well, we'll just fix it. You know, wasn't worried about running it. There's stuff that was fixable. And she came up, she's like, well, what's it cost to get, you know, brand new car and all that. And so we told her and. You know, with, with help with her and, you know, many of my other sponsors, um, we got a new TSR chassis. Awesome. And it's the wrong timing to get new stuff because you're <laughs> in the COVID area. 
and couldn't find parts and parts was just ridiculous overpriced and, and all that nonsense so um you know and then life parties getting away so it's about done now so then we had our second car and i already had it leathered as number 98 so instead of just changing graphics i just ran 98 for majority of the 2022 season um which like we talked about that's why at the circle city when i ran up there one time last year i was 98 so but this this season i will be back to my main car is 96 uh, we do have a second car. It will be the 98. I'll run that, you know, every now and then. Like, we race back-to-back on a Friday, Saturday, and we get home late Friday. We may just roll the other car out and take it. Sure. You know, instead of have to worry about all the maintenance and washing and getting it ready for the next day. But then um, there will be some dates where we're going to have um, scheduled willing, have some bigger names in the dirt uh, racing world in, the, in it as a teammate. So, um, don't really, really want to release who it is because sure. it's not really confirmed, but some pretty big, you know, names in the late model and Indiana racing area. So that's kind of why we kept it and, you know, keep sponsors happy, keeps racers happy. No doubt. So, that's the, that's the number one thing. Yeah, if you keep your sponsors happy, then you have some funding coming in and this day and time in racing, you need that. So, um, let's yeah, talk I mean, about, what was that? Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you can't, if you don't have any help from sponsorship and outside yourself, it's very hard to do. Oh, sure. No doubt. And, you know, with inflation and everything else going on these days, the racing and the cost of fuel. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, definitely not the uh, cheapest way to go. But uh, now let's talk about this because I've, I've actually never spoken in depth with a super stock driver. What, what is, talk about the specs of this car because here's the deal when it comes out rolling on the track when i first started going to a dirt track i couldn't tell the difference in a super stock and a crate late model uh because they were so similar so talk about the specs of this and uh, super stock cars fascinate me we've seen it last week at circle city some of the best racing we've had at circle city with a new clay surface with super stocks it's been incredible Uh, so talk about that yeah, they're uh when i first saw them my honestly my first instinct that they're a old school late model the Uh body wise you know those old schools 80 90s or more 80s more 70s look of what the late models were um that's kind of how these bodies are built and um, i'm not sure really on the chassis of the old time late models but um that's what made me think of them but really the difference is you know we run on eight inch tires okay um crates and supers are i believe 10 inch or 12 inch tires not real sure on that but i know they're it's either one of those two. Um, you know, our our engines anywhere, you know, horsepower wise, anywhere from you know six hundred to six fifty mainly is what most of the you know top runners have. Okay. Um, you can get away with a smaller one, definitely only slick track because you can keep that tire you know grounded to it. And then, um, you know, it's all steel. You can't run aluminum heads or aluminum blocks, unlike, a, you know, crate and late model. And then really just like the rear end is a four nine-inch um, rear end. And the late models are all quick change. And they've got a lot more bars and suspension and stuff that just makes your head hurt when you look at it <laughs> if you don't know what, honestly. So uh, Superstock is really a more basic um car and chassis wise you know with suspension you know shocks and springs and stuff like that sure now would that be equivalent so i I don't know how you compare these cars because when i went out the midwest and did some i mean deep midwest um how would you compare a super stock with a um let's see maybe a high class sportsman out in nebraska or iowa or like that How, how would those cars compare and be able to compete against each other I think they would because honestly, we all run under the same UMP, UMP. sportsman that yeah. point. I did not know that. Yes, yeah, but but we can't go out to you know, you know, just stay closer. We can't go over to Illinois and run with those same dudes as running with points against us okay. because there's usually two or three different um, rules that um, make us not able to do that, which I think is the dumbest thing ever. Sure. Yeah. 
So Kentucky, like in Kentucky, you know, Kentucky has super stock races that are paying like twelve hundred to win, and you know, two hundred bucks to start, and it's a drive for us. But maybe going down there once or twice a month, you know, that'd be cool, and you know, be Indiana versus Kentucky. But in Kentucky, you got to have a full frame. You know, your nose has to look like a Camaro nose, which the nose isn't a big deal, but the whole full frame deal is because we don't have full frames. So just stuff like that. I, I mean, I think it's really nonsense, really. Yeah, no, no. You know, I was talking about this the other day with someone, and and, and for any promoter out there listening, I, you know, this is my opinion. Uh, to me, th- that's how a division dies, and that's how you left car count. You, you, you want to do all these modifications. Yep. And now you're branching out everything. You know what I mean? So now a guy at Brownstown maybe can't go to Richmond Raceway in Kentucky with the KDRA Superstocks. Uh, yep. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I just I can't stand that. That's one of my biggest pet peeves, I guess, in racing. Yeah, I just, I mean, really the only class that's about, you know, similar where you can do that would be like the modified. Um, you know, I, that's, I think that's why there's a lot of people that have them because they can actually travel. Sure. You know to different states or different areas and i think there's some tracks up like north even above you know circle city uh, farther up there like gas city i think their rules are a little bit different than what our rules are so i mean within the same state and you can't go run you know three hours north so it's it is a strong class um definitely at brownstown if you look at the national points the last two years um over 50% of the top 10 run at Brownstown on a regular basis. That's impressive. So it's a very tough class. Um, I may have a little biased opinion towards it because I run it. Sure. But I do believe that it's probably one of the toughest classes in Indiana to run in. So, and I mean, the crate late late malls are getting there because, you know, the pay is kind of getting up for them as well. But, you know, I think week in, week out for us, it's, it's a very tough class. Yeah, and, and that's so, why we wanted to add them uh, at frequently at Circle City. And we went towards – we kind of nestled towards the Brownstown uh, rule package and our payouts pretty top for all divisions, and that's what we want to do. We just want to uh, kind of – you know, those Brownstown Superstocks, like you said, they are a tough field each and every Saturday yeah. they race. Yeah, and, you have, I mean, you have good cars that run Bloomington and, you know, Paragon and Puttonville, so really just southern – central southern and southern Indiana. Sure. It's just really tough competition and work i mean it's consistent you're usually i mean i think the lowest car count i've been a part of has been like 16 17 cars that's excellent for this day and time which you know it's a full field yeah so i mean it's it's a tough class and i mean is it the most affordable no but i think it's it's a lot more affordable than a modified or late model oh yeah no <laughs> doubt so that for leads sure. me we we talk about brownstown leads me into my next question for you what would have to be Grant Simpson's top track and least favorite track you've competed on? And it may not be you hate the track. It's just maybe more difficult. But what do you think of the tracks that you've competed on? Uh, what would say your top and bottom? Uh, I, don't know, probably, I mean, I only raced there once, but dirt-wise, bottom would uh, probably be more like Twin Cities, North Vernon, okay. you know, Rockcrest, whatever you want to call it. Um. Like I said, I've only been there once, so it just wasn't the best. Um, sorry, I've been there twice, but it wasn't the best um, for me, life, you know, my driving style and all that. Um, honestly, for dirt, probably my favorite. I mean, I had a blast at Circle City, just that Brownstown's fun because it it makes you learn how to drive your car. Oh, absolutely. So, as slick as it gets, um, it really shows it's, it's if you have control over your car and can actually drive. Yeah. So that's kind of why I make, you know, and the short 30 minute drive there. Pretty oh, nice too, so. yeah. <laughs> and Jim Bryce and I've talked, you know, he definitely knows how to work a dirt track. So yeah. uh, he yeah. definitely knows what he did. So Grant, what is your future goals? Uh, I'm not talking about 2023. We'll get back to that here in a second. Uh, but what is your future goals? Are you going to stay in a super stock or do you plan on maybe eventually going modified or crate racing? What's Grant's plans? Uh, I mean, right now it's probably just super stock. As you get up even just one more step to modified and it's a lot more money. And then even, you know, in the crates and all that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I have, I have pretty good sponsors and partners. 
Um, I hate calling them sponsors because they're more partners than anything um, with our race team, but it take a good amount to do it. And I feel like when you get more to that level, it's just another full-time job. Yeah. And you no, want to compete. It is. So what I love to, I'd love to get in the late model. I mean, just because I'd love to get in the late model in Brownstown. If I ran one lap or just cruised around the track, that'd be awesome just because that's the same place, you know, my papa etched his name into. Sure. You know, all the red books and the National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame and Brownstown Hall of Fame. So, you know, it's pretty neat to see, let alone a Simpson and a stock car over there again, but to see a Simpson and a late model would be pretty neat. So, hey, if anyone's you. listening has to ride for a late model, I'll pay for tires and fuel. So, Oh, there you go. That, hey, you but, never know. No. But, yeah, no, I mean, probably, honestly, just sticking – with this for now, I mean, you never know. Prices, you just never know, honestly, with prices and all that. Um, I have had one opportunity that we didn't really look down much down the road with was with an, with an ARCA team to do some testing. Sure. But, um, you know, that's just, it's just a big, you know, it's a big chunk of money. And, you know, it's, a, it's an expensive class. ARCA is expensive, so I don't, you know, what it costs to do it. So, That'd be cool to go down there and test, and it was uh, going to be at Daytona and all that. So, you know, that'd be pretty cool because not many people can say they've been, you know, raced on Daytona. No, Daytona, that, yeah. if you can even say, I don't even care if it's testing, if you can say you've been on that track oh, yeah. at full speed, then you've done yeah. something. So, uh, yeah. but uh, Grant, what, uh, what, what contributes to all your success you've had in that super stock? I, I know your team's been behind you, but uh, what, uh, what uh, did you take to that car? I mean, did was it like when you sat in that seat and drove it? Was it was it instant? Hey, this is this is the class for me. Uh, what contributed to all your success in that car? Um, really, like I said, I I started out more asphalt racing than than dirt racing, and um, you know those Kenya midgets they they're only twelve fifty cc engines and they have like a hundred and twenty five horsepower, so it's more of a momentum car. So you don't want to get sideways. You want to you know, you're still running midget tires and all that, but you want to keep it as straight as possible. So I think me running pavement and starting on pavement, like in my first racing, you know, my career, that really helped me when I got to this car. Because these cars, you know, some of the cars have horsepower to get it sideways and still put it through the corner. Sure. But when it gets flicked off, these cars are on an eight-inch tire. You know, it's not a big tire. You want to keep these things straight. So it's, uh, you know, I almost treat it as I'm racing on asphalt still. And I I think that's really helped me uh, catch on a lot faster um, than I thought uh, myself and some other people thought. So um, I'd say really that's, that's the big, big thing, probably the most important thing that has helped me transition um, into this class and, you know, I still got some, I'm ready to prove some more and, you know, we got some better equipment and, um, really good engines from John and Jerry Davis. And it's, uh, this season I'm ready to get going because I actually haven't raced yet this season, but you know, life part priority getting away. Yep. But once we get it going, um, you know, with the team we have and sponsors and partners and the equipment we have, you know, it's up to me. So I can't, I can't, I don't have any more excuses. So <laughs> it's time to hit it and go, right? Yeah, I'll try. I'm sure I'll try to find some, but I'll run out of them pretty quick. <laughs> well, I have all faith in the world. You're a heck of a driver, and uh, you prove it time and time again. But Grant, uh, now is always the part of the podcast. I like to uh, give the drivers a chance to thank all of uh, their help and their sponsors on the car, because, like you had alluded to, um, without sponsors, you could not be in that car or do anything. Um, you know, for the average weekly racer so that's pretty cool so i'll let you uh, thank your sponsors and whoever you would want my man yeah um with my sponsors i have um rpm arlo enterprise with uh gloria gormley um she's actually such a big part that she's moved up here to indiana from north carolina to go racing a lot more with us awesome uh, i got midnight sports gear um pop bet usa.com uh racer short snacks and coffee water warriors um, AJ Bowen at um, Remax Acclaimed Properties and Realtor, uh, B&B Cars Incorporated, Springer Springer Insurance, um, J uh, Jerry Davis 
Grace Hendrens and John Davis Automotive. They've been a big help. Um, that's the race supply. I've got a guy out of Oklahoma uh, that just helps out, Jerry Medlin. Um, man, I've got a I've got a bunch of them. And it's hard to remember all of them. Um, man, East Bending, Tommy East. Yep. And all what he all does for him. And um, I think that's it for this year's car, I believe. Um, awesome. Yeah, but then um, on the help side, um, and if I'm missing someone, I do apologize. They know my appreciation for all of them. Sure. Um, it's just I'm not in the rhythm of of remembering <laughs> all of them yet because I haven't been racing yet. But um, oh, Trent Nifflis and Kenny Nifflis at uh, Designs, you know, they make my cars look very good going around the track, whether I'm going slow or fast. So they make those that car look really good on pictures. But, um, you know, my dad and um, James and Jordan Randolph and Mark Perry and his little boy and Junior Weaver and, uh, man, I got a long list. Um, Kevin Umfris, uh, like I said, Tommy East, the Chasteens, you know, they run super stock. Um, the Sassers, they run super stock. Amos runs super – I mean, everyone just has helped me more than I can imagine. And really that's what keeps us going and, you know – Beg, borrow, and steal until you can get it going. Everyone in our class is pretty good about helping. So, you know, I got a lot more I could list and I could talk about three hours about everyone, but I don't want to waste your time that much. <laughs> well, hey, this was a great uh, victory lane practice speech, right? So, I'll get them all there. Trust me. You'll get them all there. I don't even care if it takes you two, three hours, but uh, that that's yeah. awesome. Grant, uh, well, I, I do thank you for coming on today and uh, taking time out of your schedule to be on here with me. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, I, you know, I love doing these things. And, you know, it's good for me as a racer, but it's also good to get my you know, sponsors out there because, you know, they love that and get their names out there. And whether it brings them business or not, they just, they just like hearing their name. So, Absolutely. Uh, well, we appreciate it, uh, my man. And, uh that was Grant Simpson, the driver of the number 96 and 98 Superstock Machine. Coming up next, we'll have the upcoming events for this weekend here in racing. Welcome back to the Wild Will Throwdown. That was Grant Simpson, the driver of the number 96 and 98 Superstock Machine. We appreciate him again for coming on with us, giving us some insight on those machines. And up next, we are going to preview this weekend's upcoming schedule for May the 13th and 14th. Mother's Day weekend, I should say, and I want to give a shout-out to all you great mothers out there, and thank you for what you do. Um, so, here we go. Upcoming schedule. Now, I will say a lot of these places have not ran yet because of Mother Nature, but, uh, Hawk, what we got going on down at the Sports Drum Speedway? Well, hopefully we got a lot of racing. We uh, haven't had a whole lot because of either rain or because of the schedule. Of course, in the Derby area, they were off for Thunder over Louisville, and then the next week we had the big figure eight extravaganza, which got postponed. And then, of course, we were off this week because of Derby. So hopefully we get back on the, to the track this week. Uh, we're actually going to try to start on Friday, May 12th, with another KKR partying event. is going to be uh, back in action second week in a row. So we'll try to get that going on that day, followed up on Saturday by May 13th uh, with the uh, – uh, fan appreciation night as it been added to the schedule. So they'll have a, a meet and greet with your favorite drivers there on the track before the races. So uh, I'll be set up out there, of course, with my uh, shirts and pictures and everything. So uh, all the drivers will have stuff to give away, candy, pictures, whatnot. So it's always a good time. But uh, in action will be the Kentucky and Tank Wash Modified Figure 8, the ICA Dumpster Sportsman Division, the Ford Crown Vicks, the Ford Oval, and the Ford Figure 8. And then I'll have my Race 8 Pro Front Wheel Drive Oval in action, sponsored by Merrill Beerman Excavating. So all that is on tap for this Saturday night at Sports Show May 13th. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I always love the fan appreciation nights. Kids, families get to come out. Drivers give them pictures and uh, selling merchandise or candy, you know, it's really great to see, you know, you know, my big thing when I started this business in this business was driver and fan connection. And that is a perfect way to get those driver and fan connections out there. But, 
the same owner of Sports Drum Speedway, Mr. Mike Gibson. We have something going on at the Scottsburg I-65 Speedway. The first event they had there, Dean Worrell, everyone there put on a great surface and whatnot. I'm excited to go back and check that out for round two. But what we got going on at I-65 Speedway? Yeah, it's back around again, racing basically once a month on the uh, teen Wednesday of each month. So we are looking at uh, Wednesday, May 17th. And uh, as you said, uh, the first one went over uh, really good. Everybody, a lot of good positive reaction and uh, vibes from that one. So hoping to feed off of that again and uh, hopefully the weather be as good as it was. Uh, but they're going to run again the UMP Modifieds, the UMP Hornets, the Ford Crown Vicks, and this time uh, they didn't run the first week. This will be the Pure Stocks will be in action. So four great divisions running on the 17th of May. And uh, the plan is, too, if you can, just in case you're uh, keeping score, uh, I'll probably be announcing the – uh, practice and the heat races and then uh, I'm going to probably step down to the infield take some pictures and do uh, feature race interviews for the rest of the night you're making me proud hockey graduated my school of uh, announcing so you're doing good uh, you know it's always great to hear you on the microphone you do a fen- phenomenal job um, yeah thanks so- learning from the best I guess no, hey, you're you're doing great, and it's always good to hear you. And you're just you're getting more in your comfort zone from the first time you went out there and did it. But uh, Scottsburg I-65 Speedway, great that Mike brought it back, and uh, that's really cool. Um, I didn't know how the dirt surface was going to add up. I thought it was going to be a lot worse. I, I thought it was going to be terrible from what we've seen. Yeah, at everybody City. did really. Yeah, yeah, everybody did. But it was uh, pleasantly nice, so I think it kind of set the standard, the bar pretty high, so everybody's going to expect the same thing, if not better, this time around. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Do what you did last time. That's what I always say. There you go. But uh, down where I will be this Saturday night, a little bit different change of pace, hopefully knock on a 1,000 pieces of wood uh, because it is Salem Speedway. We're back on the high banks, the 33-degree banking in Salem, Indiana, rain and Mother Nature pending. Was supposed to have it a couple weeks back, rained out. This past week, rained out. First two events of the 2023 season, rained out. Um, hopefully this Saturday night we get it in. Diesel Boys LLC, Great American Stocks. Over 20 was registered. The Mike's Mufflers and Bricks Crown Vicks. The on-site plumbing, heating, and air Crown Vicks on the small track and the Salem Supercars. Uh, and, of course, the Legend Series cars. I love Salem. I, I hope we have finally a chance to get this event in, but there is so much excitement around what Glenn Luckett and Nick Bohannon, the owner, of course, Glenn Luckett, the general manager, has done this year and all of his team, and I am very excited to get back to the high banks. Yeah, I mean, they've done a really heck of a job getting ready, and as you say, it's unfortunate they've had two straight rainouts and haven't seen any racing yet, so I imagine they are really chomping at the bit, as is all the fans and drivers up there. So hopefully this week will be a good one for them. Absolutely. Then we go back up to the Painesville Speedway. It is the Mighty TQ Midgets, Figure 8 Iron Man, Old School Figure 8 Compact, Figure 8 Chargers and Warriors. Uh, They are up as well. Lorraine Raceway Park is going to have the King of the Ohio Compact Series. Modifieds, all headlined by the 350 Outlaw Super Modified Sprint Cars, Another new kind of formation of series being built up there. Big one at the Indianapolis Speed Drum this week. It is the Phyllis Tunney Memorial 75. Also, the Shelbyville Auto Parts Street Stocks, the Pyro City Technics, or excuse me, Circle City Pyrotechnics Junior Fast Carts, and Legend Series. It's going to be a good weekend up there, Hawk. Yeah, they're always putting on a good show up there at Speed Drum, as we've seen this week. So, uh, always a lot of action there. Hopefully, we'll get back up there pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Brownstown Speedway having the Slicker Graphics Super Late Models Modifieds, Peter Hall Super Stocks, All-in-One Pole Pure Stocks, Haymaker Custom Hornets, five great divisions there. This is the one we were talking about a little bit, the Anderson Speedway, Ford Crown Vic Pros, Late Model 75 Thunder Cars, and Ohio Wheelman Series Street Stocks. This is a big organization starting in Ohio, and they're going to make their appearance at Anderson. How about that? Yeah, interesting. Uh, I really wasn't that familiar with it until I seen the schedule, and I heard some people around here talking about they might uh, try to run it. I know a couple of locals are going to go up there and uh, give it a try. Yep, and the big one uh, at Bloomington Speedway Friday night, you and I talked about this. 
the Rodney Strong Memorial, $9,999 for modifieds to win, 410 sprints, super stocks, 305 sprints. What about that payout for modifieds? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, what a purse. I mean, they all have a million cars up there for that, I would think. Absolutely. Paragon Speedway, Mother's Day weekend, 410 sprints, super stocks, bombers, midgets as well. Wow, what a show today. Hawk, what's your final thoughts? Tell me a little bit what's going through your head. We got got to have Mother Nature working with us this weekend. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's just the same old thing right now. It's just like the the weather, you know, like here it is during the week, you know, we're recording this, and it's 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 nice and sunny and clear out. I but know. when it gets to the weekend, yeah, when you get to the weekend, here comes 30, 40, 50, 60% chance of rain. And then every forecast you look at is different all the way up to race time. So it's so hard to predict. You know, we've, we've talked about this before with the promoters, you know, their job of calling it or not calling it. It's such, such a tough thing. And when the weather forecast wavers like this all the time, I mean, you just, you just got to go with your gut feeling and uh, hope it's the right thing. That's the thing. You know, you can't just, as a promoter, not schedule your race event. You know, everyone's on social media saying, well, there's rain chances, there's rain chances, there's rain chances. We're Monday and Tuesday um, and and Wednesday, tomorrow. And everybody's saying, well, for Saturday, it's rain chances. Promoters cannot go off of what the weather says. They have to, it's a business too. Let's think about that. It's a business. It's a one day a week business. You cannot go I like what David Bain said best. It's not a farmer's... We can't go by the farmer's almanac. We have to schedule races. Yes. I mean, yes, they're saying it's going to rain, but tomorrow they may say it's not going to rain. And the next day they might say it will. So you just have to watch and see what happens. And as I say, you know, hope for the best. Hopefully you make the best decision. And I'm sure, you know, what goes around comes around. Pretty soon we'll be in that drought that you're looking for, Will. Hey, I'm hoping for a drought at this point. But, uh, you know, could you imagine, Hawk, you see people getting mad on social media about canceling and scheduling races and stuff. Could you imagine if Monday comes around, just picture this, Monday comes around, we got a 50% chance of rain. Oh, the promoter releases on Facebook, we canceled Saturday, it's going to rain. It says it's going to rain Monday. What would you think the stir would be? Uh, I think uh, they'd be ready to uh, run that guy out on a rail. That's what <laughs> Oh, my goodness. But, uh, anywho, my final thoughts are I hope we can get the races in this weekend. We are sure going to try like hell to get them in. I can tell you that much. That's all of our goals. I look at it now kind of like a promoter director now because I have to do things on that side of the fence now. So, uh, we uh, we want to race. That That's our goal. We're fans just like you. We want to race. But, uh, as always, I want to thank all the production team at Dirt 2 Media for producing the Wild Will Throwdown. I want to thank Brandon White from White's Auto Sales being the title sponsor of the 2023 season of the Wild Will Throwdown. I want to thank you, of course, my buddy, Hawk Carroll Adams, for coming on. And, of course, all the great fans, drivers, crews, and teams for tuning in each week. We greatly appreciate it. And for now, it's goodbye. I'm Will Greenwell, and I will see you around the turn.